0: Yo, 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 my name is Eliolo Sanchez, I go by LA Native, Soul Rebel Radio, Engineer, DJ and Host, also KPFK, 90.7 FM, Los Angeles, Juice LA, Juice Crew, All The Way Live, Codex Planet, MC, Beatmaker, Peanut Gallery Network, you know, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, man. We're about to get into this fabulous episode of Gallery Radio. I'm excited to see what you have to talk about with our guest today. This is a very dear friend of mine, a crew member for from uh, at, at multiple angles.
2: Who's with us today? My name is Lee Skybrick Zaremba, uh, Brickhead's crew since 2005, breakdancing legacy, family with the original world famous Los Angeles Breakers, now a LA native himself. Uh, I just opened a restaurant called De La Nona. We're working on a cocktail bar called Enzo, and that is 96% of my life right now. Nice. <laughs> yeah. How'd you get involved with the gallery? Uh, I got in the, with the gallery back when I was at uh, Brickheads, and breakdancing really, like, ran most of my life. Uh, hanging out with Anacron, Pops Quali, Chris. Ooh, shouts out to Imani. <laughs> shouts out to Irie. <laughs> yeah, shouts out to everybody in Chicago. It's a big group of people. Uh, Shouts out to Dana, we would never forget you, Dana. So we would just kick it. and We would all be around doing stuff. We were breaking, everybody was making music. We were hanging out, we were talking ideas. Um, So that's how I got in with the crew. Tell us a little bit more about your journey from b-boying into your entrepreneurship. So the the world of breakdancing um, was very powerful for me, for me personally. And it's where I found a lot of who I was as myself. And the people that surround you in that world, there's like certain key people who kind of like help you in the journey for you to find yourself. And I think a lot of people find that in different arenas, right? Some people find it in mixed martial arts or Taekwondo or whatever. Some people find it in making beats and music. And like, I really found mine through break dancing because I used to DJ in the late 90s. Oh, nice. Uh, And I would spin drum and bass at raves and clubs. Uh, And I started meeting break dancers because drum and bass and hip hop, you could play together. So I would play drum and bass with hip hop and all the b-boys would come to my sets. And so I got to meet these b-boys and, and break dancers in Cincinnati, which is a very small scene. There was like six total fucking break dancers in the entire city. Oh, wow. And they would just come to my sets. And so like, I just hit them up one day and was like, yo, if I could learn one move, I might be the coolest person that's ever lived. And I need, I need that. <laughs> and they are like, and they're like, but well, what do you mean one move? And I was like, I want to be at the party. I want to be talking to girls. Want to just be able to do like that one thing, and everyone's gonna be like, "He's the man." Oh man! A single, a single air flare. (laughs) (laughs) All I wanted to learn was a K kick, which is where you put your hand down on the ground (laughs) and you like touch like one leg. And that tribal poster of Ivan back in the day, where he's like, it's the silhouette of him holding his legs like above in that uh, that like K stance, and I was like that one thing will like make me the man. They were like, well if you want to learn that, you kinda of gotta learn how to up rock you gotta learn how to down rock and we'll start showing you. But you have to come to this uh, this music festival where we're all gonna be breakdancing and try to break dance with us. Mm. And Anacron probably knows already what's coming in this story. I go and I try <laughs> to break dance and half the B-boys there thought I was some fucking frat boy clowning them because I'm like 19. Uh, and almost got in a fight with half the breakdancers there. (laughs) And this one guy legit grabbed me, and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, bro, I'm just trying to learn. Like this guy over here told me I had to come here and try and do this shit with you guys. And he was like, man, this is like performance breakdance. This is not the space for you. You gotta like learn with people. Uh, And I ended up giving that dude a ride home that night. Oh, wow. He was like, look, I got this apartment above my apartment that's for rent. It's two floors, it overlooks downtown Cincinnati. I don't want some fucking douchebag moving in there. If you rent that apartment, I'll teach you how to breakdance. Damn, nice. So three weeks later, I rent an apartment, <laughs> find a roommate, and, and start my, my journey in breakdancing, which is a lot of that like mentorship, right? To go from breakdancing full-time like that, you, you sacrifice everything else in your life. You make just enough money to pay bills. Mm-hmm. You make just enough money to get to the gym. It's a really interesting culture in breakdancing where like a lot of people who have hit have nothing else. And a lot of that just comes from like where breakdancing and b-boying comes from. It, It comes from the streets. It comes from not having much. You don't need to be able to like create a record collection and buy expensive equipment and have a laptop. Like all you need is fucking sneakers and you can go breakdance, you can go like learn some shit. Yep. And, a, and a lot of that mentality of like the famine mentality of not having much and not needing much is, is really hard to grow out of that in the culture of breakdancing for a lot of people. And there's only like a few people that I've watched do it really successfully. That idea was my eventual reason for leaving. That That idea of like fulfillment in these other arenas in your life that aren't being fulfilled, even though you're like, doing the best breakdancing of your life. You're snapping and you're touring in Europe. You're getting jobs with dance companies. You're doing hand hops at parties in front of friends. Like you're doing backflips in front of girls at parks. You just, all the things you ever thought you would want to do with it, you're, you're doing and you're achieving with it. And you still feel this like, this deep emptiness I would look into the windows of these shops and the restaurants especially, especially like the restaurants along Chicago Avenue that are like above a bunch of shopping centers. And you'd see these people in like long hair camel coats buying dinner for their ladies and just enjoying the holidays, shopping bags everywhere. And not that like pure capitalism important to me, but like at that point in my life, like girls were buying my dinner. <laughs> I did not have the funds to to be a man who provides. And so, yep. for me, the journey towards restauranting and towards entrepreneurship in some way outside of b really started with that emptiness for me and that need to be fulfilled in other arenas of my life and to be successful in ways that I, I hadn't yet been successful in my mid-20s. And as I approached 30, like I tore the meniscus in my right leg. I have like chips in my elbow. I hairline fractured my collarbone, all at this time where I was coming off of living in Barcelona and being on tour in Germany. And like, it seemed like all these transitions in my life were all hitting at once. Out of a big relationship, like my grandfather passed away. He was like the matriarch of my family, kind of held everything together. It was just like, this is the passing of the torch for me. So for me, it was moving out of Chicago and away from my crew and to Columbus, Ohio. Where I took a job coaching the breakdance club at the Ohio State University uh, and working part-time as a bartender at night and then really focusing more on that creative journey of like I got to make money I got to be able to pay bills I want to support myself like I want to pay off my college loans at some point you know and that that was the start of that journey for me
1: yeah man uh, transitioning from that culture to business uh what advice would you give to other entrepreneurs or other people that have not only the ability but also the access you know you have more access as a white dude right coming out of hip-hop but the people that have access to kind of making it and excelling to something a little higher what advice would you give to those people in terms of either providing something for or giving back to that hip-hop culture or
2: the people that are in it and still kind of stuck in that cycle? That's a great question, to be honest with you. And it's like something I struggle with pretty regularly because in my transition, kind of away from breakdancing and into what I'm doing right now, a lot of that process like required me to cut these like physical and emotional and communicative ties with a lot of the members of my crew. These are my best friends, these are my, f- my fucking family. And I had to stop talking to a lot of the people in my family to like transition out of this headspace that I felt like a lot of people in hip hop operate in where it's so insular. A great example of this is uh, one of my business partners now uh, was a guy who used to come into my bar all the time in the Logan Square neighborhood. And he would come in after a shift and he would hang out and he would have a couple drinks. And he'd like always just try to talk to me. And one day I was like, dude, what is your deal? And he was like, oh man, I just thought thought you were cool. Like I, I like the work that you do. I was just trying to be your friend. And my hip-hop mentality of like no new friends that that mentality which is prevalent like it really closes you off to so much opportunity and ideas and influence that the rest of the world could have on you
0: mm-hmm.
2: and i think a big part of that transition for me was opening myself up once i realized that was a dangerous line of thought for that would prohibit my future growth talking to people you don't know, being super consistent in following up with people who have opportunities for you, in understanding and realizing that you have to show up and do the work and that you have to be very comfortable with the idea of uncertainty. I read a lot of like Dalai Lama books when I was young, of course. And it's like what got me into yoga and meditation and being a vegetarian and stuff. But there's this thing like I'll never forget that I read when I was like 19 that really like hit me when I started transitioning away from breakdancing and into hospitality. This idea of being comfortable with the uncomfortable. Eventually it unlocks itself in the, from this idea of stress or anxiety of the unknown and into a place of like, look at all the magic that the world has in this place of uncertainty who knows what's going to happen here Mm -hmm. anything can happen here like i can achieve anything with the right like discipline and idea and work and connection and a lot of that is happenstance and chance and opportunity right and i've been in in plenty of places of opportunity and privilege and it took me a long time to start like taking advantage of that yeah like i didn't come from a family that did well i shoplifted my clothes in high school to be comfortable with people who have shit is to be a future person who has shit. And I I think that's a message that doesn't get talked about enough in a community of people with an insular social circle who live in a place of comfort even though they do something that's extraordinarily difficult. Like You have to adventure into places you're uncomfortable and you have to be comfortable in that feeling of uncomfort for a lot of things to unlock for you. And I don't think that's the same for everybody, but that's been a defining character of my transition in life. Um, that I would encourage other people to at least experiment with. I
3: agree. Why wow. not? It's time for showing. out show you what the flow about to let you know. Without a doubt, we came to get down. Old to the new, or new to the old school. Keep the flow so smooth when we flip style. There is no try. This is the embers of the practice, so good. What you hearing is me sleeping more woke than Lawrence no before the credits. Slow jazz in your face with weird edits. Complex or simple, no contest. i meant to. It's meant to win. Bit new ways to break limits. Stop looking, listen. Oh, no hot hooks. That's missing. My squad is bar gods. We love to hate gimmicks. In eight, 8 minutes and 17 seconds, I'll brighten your life Permanent idea here Howling you for the halo, I'm light years away Y'all looking at the old me, looking like a protostar Yeah, the flow is so bizarre, we love to make you think twice So when you think of luxury you know you always think night Then finally here, slick click with the get down And hit you for your pride, ain't no need to spit round. I'm dropping on the one and three quarters to two Then three quarters to four, like fuck three All on point, off and off key M. Night Shyamalan, balls are high feet yeah, we might be Raph's definition of icy Dayline, ice cube mist with ice tea, line and white dudes that rip like Mike D Wasabi Kit Kat Balls are spicy I'll slap box and eat Jesus say Jesus with just my pick and minimal effort And still manage to bring bone and hit several yeah, them bars is quite clever. Some people talk a lot of this and that, but they miss the facts. Thinking that they hit the jack, but they ish is whack. Trying to go at it, tip and tap with no gift to cap. Switching up they little act, want to be the Mr. Mac. You pitched to black, tripping like they fenced to the scrap. It's a living fact, if you ask, it's a jack. Move, if any jacks involved These niggas think that they snapping with no raps at all Life skills at a minimum, so the traffic calls Sidetracked from the fact they make cash and God Still we roll with fantastic odds like Master Rob It's the feeling that you get, you can't pass it off But you can pass the mic and I can craft the raw. As fast as y'all came, there's more coming after y'all We have the rock, it's just in the natural law I'm tasking y'all with the energy to pass it on
0: for all of us out here, especially myself, what's the difference between a bartender and a mixologist? Um, how bougie you want to
2: feel when you say it <laughs> is really the only difference. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man, I never thought about it that way. <laughs> and bartending has a lot of different facets to it, right? You could be a dive bar bartender where you're just pouring beers and hanging out with people and you're talking and you're generating a little bit of atmosphere. Uh, and then there's like the, the mixologists. And I think the, the general public connotation is like, oh, they're not just bartenders; they're mixologists. They're mixologizing these interesting flavors and ingredients into something new and original. And like, a lot of the time, it's like a dude in a cool shirt with a hat and a mustache who's like just trying to fuck half the people at the bar, but it's like <laughs> I mean, to be innovative in this space. You know, you know, there's a lot of a lot of ego and entitlement and. Um, and I kind of started veering away from the word mixologist, the more experienced and the more relaxed, the more into the art I got and out of the culture of the art that I got. Um, I was just like, yo, I attend bar. Yeah, I feel you on that. We're it. making drinks. Yeah, that's part of it. But like the, the idea that you're like tending to, to the people who choose to to be with you in this physical space, that's the magic in it for me. This idea of hospitality or this idea of service and bringing people together. I think one of the, the not talked about often, but cool things about bars. This bars are one of those unique public spaces where it's okay to go alone. Like no one's ever like, oh, I can't stop into that bar. I got to wait for Janet to get off work. No, you can go to the bar because there's already somebody there. You're going to have interactions publicly with the bartender, maybe with the people sitting next to you. you can wait for your guests to join you or you can just kick it by yourself, but it's a place people can go alone to feel together. Mm. And that concept is powerful for me. And it's really what like, read my transition from the world of breakdancing where I feel like community is everything to the world of bartending where it's like you're physically creating a space people can like walk up and sit down and be a part of something and any good bartender is a little bit more worried about bringing those people together than they are just like oh you gotta try my cocktail cocktails amazing it's pushing the boundaries <laughs> for real tapioca you know like
3: <laughs> yeah, It's just personal
2: preference in how you perceive yourself. And I think everybody's got their own mission on that. And I know plenty of people who are like, I'm a mixologist who also care about tending bar. Uh, but it is one of those things culturally that's like battled against um, not dissimilar to the world of the early, like late 90s, early 2000s battle between like, are you a b-boy or a break dancer? Because it means different shit. Right. It's like, it's... It's all the same shit. It's just how you perceive yourself and how you perceive your role in the culture and how you perceive the role other people are playing in that culture as well. Which I think a lot of the time in both of those worlds became like naturally kind of competitive or combative in a fashion where you guys forget that you're still part of this incredible niche community that's very small where like you're all doing the same shit at the end of the day. And everybody's competing for and vying for attention and trying to legitimize themselves and working against their own insecurities and then trying to contribute. Something to the larger sense of culture. All that matters is you show up and you keep doing it. Facts, facts, man. Yep. Tell us a little
0: bit about these creative cocktails you concocted and made in your own style. I was really lucky to
2: have a lot of interesting and passionate uh, mentors. Okay. And people who knew better than me. And I think my approach to to any kind of art, typically, is in this like idea of mentorship where I find somebody who's just a little bit better than me or knows a little bit more than me or a lot more than me and basically bug the shit out of them until they choose to teach me. Uh, And in the world of cocktailing, a lot like the world of, of different areas and arenas and disciplines, a lot of people talk like they know. Not a lot of people actually know. <laughs> Same in the hip hop game too, you know. Yeah. And so when you find people who know and who are willing to share that that knowledge with you, it it doesn't come free. It sure doesn't. You know, and what you put into things comes out, and so you make that time sacrifice to learn as much as you can and to push your own boundaries of what you know and accept as normal not unlike the world of hip-hop, where the epicenter of the culture is always New York. Um, That happens in cocktailing as well. A lot of the first cocktail bars that that blew up and became big uh, all started there. So the idea of writing about them and the press that generates from it also really started in New York. And a lot of those places are still kind of like founded and and run out of that city. Hmm. So to find press outside of New York, especially in a a city like Chicago where the food and beverage scene is popping. There's a lot of growth constantly, and especially at the time uh, where I was cocktailing from like 2010 to, to 2015, there was kind of like this gold rush of bar openings and people really trying to push the limits of what was normal. So we would take the history of things, not based in New York, but the history based in where the cocktails came from, reading old-ass books, digging up cocktails people have forgot about, but were made in like the 1860s and the mm. early 1900s. and kind of have like a little bit of inspiration and take those and push them into something that's new and interesting, finding different ways to, to deliver an original idea. My personal passion for delivering an idea that's, that's steeped in this sense of history, but is different than what everyone else is doing is what's allowed me a lot of those opportunities.
1: How does the process of coming up with a new drink recipe mirror the process of coming up with a new
2: b-boying move? There's a few different ways people come up with drinks and recipes. Way number one is, here's a classic cocktail, and I'm going to take the different aspects and pieces of that and separate it and come up with something new, based on that original idea. Mm-hmm. And then there's way number two, where people are like, oh, I'm just like throwing shit in a cup and then I'm putting stuff together and it tastes really good, check this out. And like, for me, that doesn't work very well. <laughs> because chances are, if it does work, it's probably an iteration or like a level or a pattern of something that's worked in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think in a lot of a lot of break dancing and a lot of drink making, the things that work best are like based on something that's been done before. Even sometimes the, the changes and elaborations will be unrecognizable from the former, but like I know where it came from because that's my process.
1: Uh, both you and I were breaking full time in that biter era. Mm-hmm. Every battle, everybody on every side was throwing the biter symbol at <laughs> whoever was doing a move. And you know, we started talking later about like, yo, none of this is, is new. 100%. So it's like no matter what move you think you came up with, somebody else has done it somewhere either before or after you maybe they did it after you but they've never seen you do it so they didn't necessarily bite it yeah. they just came up with the same idea exactly Because yeah. it's like you could throw anything you want in that cup but because the ingredients aren't limitless there's a chance that somebody has either
2: already done it or might actually do it afterwards but has never known that you did it and similarly there's an understanding in movement and dance Where like a lot of those inspirations come from yoga or they come from contortion or they come from these other art forms that have been around for hundreds of years comparatively at breakdancing. Just being done within that format changes it and makes it feel like it's something new, which I have a lot of respect for in the world of cocktailing, I think the people who understand the basics for how you perceive things is almost more important than in dance. Because in dance, Mm -hmm. like what you do ends up with like a quality perception or a surprise element that seems really exciting, right? It's like that Mm enthrallment, And so everybody in the world of breakdancing to a certain degree, is looking to generate a sense of enthrallment in the people that are watching. Yeah. So you're throwing shit at a wall and all your homies at practice are like, oh shit. Okay, okay. So whatever that was, I'm gonna keep doing that. And in the in the world of bartending, like searching for that enthrallment's a little bit different because it's usually based on what people find normal. There's nothing normal about breakdancing. So almost every audience you hit is like some new wild shit for them, which is fun. But to understand the idea of how the human body recognizes and triggers taste and the experience of drinking a beverage has a lot to do with your ability to create a sense of enthrallment with your audience. So it's really great in bartending, to kind of like create a level base. So like somebody sits yeah. down, you hang out, you talk for a quick second. And a lot of bartending is listening with people and like, what do you normally drink? What do you normally like? They like an old fashioned, I'm gonna make it an old fashioned. And they're gonna be like, why don't you make this look crazy? I'm like, well, let's we'll see if you like this old fashioned first. And like, I know exactly what I'm giving them. yeah, And it allows me a base idea of like what they like. And then I can start, like, formulating those ideas based on, like, what their personal sense of taste is with an idea of how to enthrall them and to, yeah. to trigger that excitement, that, like, uh, moment, like, when somebody's, like, on a date just drinking a cocktail. Right. It's the sauce.
1: Those are some interesting points, you know, knowing your audience essentially as a bartender and like what you're serving them you know that parallels perfectly to like the most well-rounded b boys and break dancers being able to know the judging panel right oh this guy's mm-hmm. a footwork guy that guy's a powerhead, and that guy's yeah. a style guy so that means today i gotta do everything if i want to win A 100 percent. and then it's a, an interesting piece too i think the thing that exists in breaking that i'm sure exists in bartending and bartending as well because humans but i think in break dancing and just hip-hop culture in general it's a little more prevalent is just that idea of ego and i think the ego of like this is my move comes more i think the underlying thing there is actually not that negativity of ego which is how it shows up but the yeah. idea of ownership and i think that that goes back to a lot of what you were speaking about earlier in terms of hip-hop culture in general and breakdancing culture being about like, you know, I've devoted all my time and energy to this thing, but I don't really have nothing, right? Yeah. To... To show for it in the real world so the thing that i have for it are my moves like these are my moves yeah. you know so that ownership it, it's it's precious to have something that's like this is what i can call mine because i don't have property and i don't have you know a business and i don't have whatever it might be but i have my moves that nobody else has right totally
4: Yeah. this one goes out to all the you know freak freak y'all This is really fake they do
3: Yes, yes, y'all. Freak, freak, y'all. So unique, y'all. Freak, freak, y'all. So unique,
4: y'all. Freak, freak, y'all. Yo, so the unique, y'all. Yo, love is the passion, it's the feeling you get. It never did stop, and it won't quit. You can tell I'm legit when I grab Mike's spinning like the R to show y'all I get raw. Plus, nice shake dice on the corner with my earlobe glued to the street cold Feel me do more than try and hear me as I state things clearly This rap is sacred and I take things dear No, really Analyzing progress yearly regardless of when times were the hardest Freak mind flawless cause I learned it from first hand From way back You sucking, just keep rehearsing While I spit my texts Take right to it off the bat like chef Feel from the left Creative I was killed, it's hard to feel what's left. They just brainwashed, followed by Death. Jeff. My name is Jeff, hard for all the kids to get it, and I'm wondering why. Yo, where's hip hop? But I'm not gonna cry, even though I feel a tear, mustering a gust of It must have been remnants of a love way back with me and rap on some lunchtime shit. Getting the USY, Seth's voice ringing in my ear, he's saying 85, huh? We took it past the sky. I won't lie, I cry when Jam Master. Die, that's why. I
3: shed tears for this old rap game We we'll do it just like this And not for the fame so You out of every ball. Yo, I should have my own rhyme store I shed tears for this old rap game We we'll do it just like this And not for the fame so Yo, I pay dues Your best to recognize
4: The only thing that you can do at this point is try and feel me Cause I'm at this regardless and I hope you niggies hear me Got the Cali demeanor, you punk is sitting light like a Zima Clown with my own cantina Float ferry boats from Coney Island Out to Catalina from the West Yo, Niggas is ghetto like stickball uh-huh. Falling in love with hip hop's my only pitfall I used to love a sister Cause her mother said I couldn't get with her And I was like excuse me miss Cause she was 13 and good And tried to play me like the fabulous She was just a number And I was knowing every rap released that summer And took it back under uh-huh. Now it don't stop until the record is pop I'm introducing boom bop And it was born on the block Your position I actually take the time to listen. MC is my reality, no longer an ambition. I grab the mic and and spit sheer knowledge every time I open up and speak, y'all. Take it to Dick and the knobs he'll tweak, y'all. I'm trying to have it on the radio that very next week, y'all. Chilling in the company of my girl. Puff weed and spit pearl. Watching the world take turns terms of war is lurking but even in the uncertainty there's one thing for certain hip-hop remains and in the hands of a beholder, carry the legacy in our hearts and the pioneers on our shoulders we bolder and it'll never be over we stay here with gray beards as we grow older measuring success outside of what many others may expect from an expert the beck's word mirrors reality and from which that came, I shed tears for this old rap game. My rhyme partners do the I shed same.
3: tears for this old rap game. We do it just like this, and not for the fame. So unique, yo, I rhyme store. I shed tears for this old rap game. We do it just like this, and not for the fame. So unique, no doubt I paid dues. You best to recognize.
1: Speaking of the local and global community of peanut gallery, with anything that you've done, anything that you're gonna do, how important is that community aspect
2: and why? We as humans, if we like look back to like our most primal and tribal and natures, have only been successful because we've been able to group together. One-on-one, a human versus a tiger, we're fucked, bro. But like six humans with some sticks and shit, all of a sudden you got a chance against that tiger.
4: (laughs) Right? That's for sure. (laughs) And that idea of
2: like having some support is, is so deeply ingrained in our DNA as who we are as people, that even if you find success as a person without a sense of support or community, you don't experience the same level of enjoyment and success and inner peace that you have because you don't have that community to enjoy those wins with. Yeah. You know, you see it with a lot of people with like addiction and I have a lot of family in this, which is why like this is one of the first thoughts that pop up for me. It's like people hold themselves off into like trying to do everything by themselves. And then you just spiral. And and without other people around to kind of like help you, for you to help, like you helping other people is a huge part of what makes us feel like people. I have received a lot of help in my life. So like I very much, in wanting to start our business, we wanted one of our foundational ethics to be help the people in whatever way we can. Like our way is we provide insurance for all of our employees, part-time or full-time. We fully pay for the full-time people as we do like a 50-50 split for part-time. And you're thinking, yeah, that makes sense, you're an employer. That shit is surprisingly rare in the yeah, restaurant industry. It is. Why? Like, do we have to be like a multinational fucking company to provide a basic health benefits for people? And don't get me wrong. I'm like fairly liberal with this. I feel like the government should just be paying for it for everybody, mm-hmm. but they're not. So like, what can I do? You know, we're a bootstrapped business. We raised a lot of the money ourselves, mm-hmm. but like we have resources comparatively. So like, why can't we use our resources to help the people that are around us and, and support the people that are around us? I felt like a young rebellious dude with no home until I discovered restaurants at 16 and then raving at 17 and then b-boying at 19. Yeah. Like those were the three places that made me feel like I was okay to be me. All very community oriented spaces. Yeah, exactly. And so like when we would go to Spare Room on North Avenue for practice and I would see like you and Maggie and Saul and everybody. you At a practice, you're not just doing shit and being celebrated. You're celebrating everybody else's advancements or good yeah. moves or cool moves. And that idea of celebrating other people breeds a real sense of like happiness and connection and joy. Not just living a life of like achievement, but also a sense of service within that sense of community. And you can't have that without other people.
1: I'm wondering what skills did hip hop provide or teach you that helped you to excel in hospitality and that
2: industry? I wanted to be really corny and be like, Knowledge yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man. You the element lives. <laughs> you actually play it. Uh, so, so for hip-hop for me it, it, it unlocked me knowing me in an artistic sense understanding that the discipline plus vision like creates artistic freedom and there's this like concept that like if you want something to naturally come about in the world of art, you just have to like create negative space and, uh, and allow it to pop up. And I think there's also a, a contradicting or a paradoxical concept that like constant repetition and the uh, thing of working at something every single day breeds these like layers and differences of understanding that create these moments for you in your your depth of that art. A popular phrase in hip hop is like there's levels to this. Mm-hmm. And I think like that, how I interpret that phrase is that. Like the levels come from like your constant discipline and, and slower and greater understanding of whatever art form it is that, that you operate in. Right. And that's especially true for me. The more that I work at something, the the more in whatever time that I have that's downtime, things start to pop up. There's no accident there. It's like it comes from those combinations of things. And hip hop taught me that like, yeah, you want to get new moves? Great fucking go to practice. Oh, you wanna, you wanna like do better at practice than you did yesterday at practice? Great, like wake up early and go to yoga before you go to work. Mm-hmm. And then get off and stretch in the middle of the day. Make sure you do push ups and then go to practice. And so you're like practicing for practice mm-hmm. is that idea and concept is what created my strength of development and anything else that I do. Mm-hmm. And I got that specifically from my journey in break dancing and hip hop. And through that process, like I, I I started to understand more of myself. And in understanding myself, if I like could create an ease that I have in the processes, both from a creative and a business standpoint. Mm. Because if I understand how I operate and how I work, I can best set up the the variability around me for success. I've been told that you got your own little restaurant going on that you opened back, uh, I think a year ago? Yeah, we opened um, November 16th. It's in downtown LA in the arts district. The restaurant's called De La Nona, which means from the grandmother. Mm -hmm. And it's a um, comfort food, Roman style pizza, Italian soul food, small plates, raw bar, natural wine, cocktails—just like vibey spot in the Arts District. So
0: I'm about to take my lady there and have a date night. Come you know through. what I mean? I'm always looking for—I'm always looking for new spots, you know, to like oh, hang yeah. out and just kind of like vibe out with some quality time, you know. Especially if it's cool
1: aesthetic and vibes, you know. Especially if it's homey and comfort. Just while y'all are on the topic of that pizza, <laughs> uh, the last time I was there, I actually got to meet the chef, and I told him this. I'm not a pizza dude, man. Like, I like pizza, but I'm definitely not the person that's like, Oh, this pizza is trash pizza. Oh, that pizza is great pizza. Perfect example, when I moved to Chicago, everybody was like, Oh, you're from LA? Oh, you got to try this pizza. This is the best pizza in the country and blah, 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 right? And I had it, and I was like, I mean, it's different, yeah, and I like it, yeah, but like, am I amazed by it? Is it changing my life? Eh, it's pizza. Like, that's kind of how I look at all pizza. <laughs> same thing when I was when I went to New York, like, same thing. Everybody was flipping like, oh, New York pizza, the best pizza, eh. you know what I'm saying? And I had that, same thing, right? Man, when I had the pizza at De La Nona, I was like, yo, this is the best pizza I've ever had, ever. All right, like, all right. You know, I could eat pizza that somebody says is the most fabulous pizza next to a slice of Domino's and be like, I like them both the same. <laughs> dude, the pizza at De La Nona, bro, man, incredible. I've never had anything like it. Thank
2: you,
3: like, thank ridiculous. you. All right,
2: all right. Shout outs to Patrick Costa, our chef, who worked on that dough for two years. Ooh. Shows. So our restaurant started as a pop-up. Okay. I was in Chicago um, during the pandemic and the year before, me, Jose, and Patrick had like looked at places to like potentially open bars before, and then while I was trying to transition out here, they started doing De La Nona as a papa. And so Patrick had been working on the dough for a while, then we had a year basically to test it, where every week, a couple days a week, or at least one day a week, the entire pandemic, they were just making pizza. But his background is as a classically trained chef for larger restaurants. So he opened Stella Barra here in uh, Santa Monica for Let Us Entertain You, where he was an executive chef, and then and he was chef at tartine and uh, a few other like nicer restaurants. So he takes that approach of like thoughtful giving a fuck to like every piece of it, layering all these different flavors to pizza, which is admittedly not bougie. So it's a cool like mix of things <laughs> where he's taking all his like chefy shit and putting it into pizza. It's just nice. It's just nostalgic and it tastes good. It's great. Shout outs, Patrick Costa. Shout out Patrick. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like what what inspired your drink menu? So anytime I, I do a drink menu for a project, it's like, it, how does it complement the restaurant? Mm-hmm. How does it complement the chef's vision? How does it complement the pizza? Uh, and for us, it's like coastal Italy is the inspiration for De La Nona. Okay. So we wanted to do classic cocktails with a lean towards the inspiration of Italy. And there's a few ways to do that. You can do that using Italian spirits, which for the most part are amaro or like bitter sweet liqueurs and spirits that are like rooty and bitter and orangey and herbaceous and sometimes floral. There's a whole world of Amaro by itself. Or ingredients like fennel and just lots of different citrus and and things that are just more common with Italy. The cool thing about California is it's one of the only places in the world with like a similar climate to Italy. So a lot of the things that grow really well and propagate well in Italy also grow well and propagate here. So it's one of the reasons California has so many fucking Italian restaurants. Is It's just, it's a similar climate, so you can get a a similar level of product for the most part. And so the the drink menu there is inspired by Italy, so we wanted to take some classic cocktail variations and make them more Italian. And then we took some very Italian drinks uh, and put our own more American spin on it to kind of blend those things together. What would you say is the most requested drink? I'd say like our most popular drink, if we looked at like our sales mix, is the old fashioned, because people love what they're used to. Okay. Also, we opened in the winter. I think if we opened in the summer, it would be the frozen Aperol Spritz, which is a close number two behind the old fashioned. All right, all right. Uh, An Aperol Spritz traditionally being like the drink everyone has in Italy, right? It's Aperol, it's soda water, it's sparkling wine. It's light, it's easy, it's low proof. You can have it in like 3 p.m. in the middle of the day have some olives have some crunchy snacks it's like it's not gonna fuck your day up it's like just enough alcohol to like lighten things up and the cool thing about drinking in italy is it's really about that like spending time with people thing sure. right you have some spritzes you see your friends you take a little siesta you have a bite and then you kind of go back to doing whatever you do before you meet up with your significant other or your family that evening. Mm-hmm. And then, in the spirit of that, like lighthearted drinking, is where that Aperol Spritz kind of translates into a very popular treat here. Um, we wanted to put a spin on it by doing it frozen. So there's still fresh Prosecco in it, and then there's Prosecco Aperol and soda in the actual cocktail itself. It's just easy and orangey and tasty. Okay. Shout-outs to Jose Cordon and Patrick Costa, my business partners. Shout-outs to Heather Tierney, my other business partner. Shout-outs to everybody working in restaurants during this crazy pandemic shit. Shout-outs to everybody working from home ordering delivery. You can get De La delivery on DoorDash and Caviar. Shout-outs to Anacron. Shout-outs to Los Angeles, world-famous Original Breakers. Shout-outs to Brickhead's crew. Shout-outs to Saul for always telling me it's not about how good you are or how quickly you get there but showing up every day and continuing to do it for years to come because that is the essence of art of discipline Ooh, and of business. Sure Big is. up to the OG spin master Saul from Brickhead's crew. What's the, what's the website where people can check out the restaurant? Yeah it's uh, delanona.com which is d-e-l-a-n-o-n-n-a.com. Right up. And of course if you forget all
1: that You can just as easily go to pntg.net, the official website of the Gallery Network's affiliates, collaborators, and creative members. And you can scroll down, find Skywalker's photo, click on it, and that will take you directly to go experience the best pizza you've ever had in your godforsaken life. That's for Uh, sure. (laughs) LA Native, LA Native, once again, where can folks check you out, my man? Juicehiphop.org. Catch me on
0: Soul Rebel Radio, 90.7 FM, KPFK, every Friday night. Coming to you live 7 to 8. Escaping the Matrix and Music Without Borders.
1: And this has been another excellent episode of Gallery Radio. Hell yeah. Brickshakes, Gallery Love, and we up out of here, man. Peace!
2: Peace! Thanks for checking out today's episode. We really appreciate it. You can find this episode and previous ones on the feed section of the Peanut Gallery
3: website, www.pntg.net, and on selected digital streaming platforms. And until the next time, take care.